And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have, first of all, respect. The second one is commitment. The third one, passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable. Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiables podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Justin. How are you doing, Jazz? Hey, Gav. How are you? Hello, mate. Yeah, all good. All good. So um, we're going to recap PSV and then in the second half, we'll look forward to the derby. Um, you didn't get to come on right at the end with with me and Pass after the game the other night. So thought it'd be good for you to have your say on this as well because it was such a good night. Um, so let's start right at the beginning with the lineup. I think the only real surprise was uh, well, not not real surprise, but the only thing we were really debating was was Raya and Ramsdale, right? And and Raya obviously got the nod. Yeah, I mean, um, I I I don't want to uh, come across like you know I told like uh, I know it all, but um, I expected this. I think um, the transition was going to be a bit slower than it was. Leno to Ramsdale, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I I expected this, and I I really wasn't surprised at all. I think I think uh, David Raya is now our he's our first choice keeper, and I think it's going to be that way. And I think when um, um, I think when um, the Carabao Cup comes around and Ramsdale starts in it, it's going to be confirmed for everybody else but yeah Raya is now our our first choice keeper the only thing I will you're 100% right the only thing I'll say is just this game in particular I don't think it would have hurt to have started Ramsdale I don't think it would have made a blimey difference to have started Ramsdale and I just thought after last season and everything I thought Ramsdale earned the right to start this first Champions League game I get that you're going to go, you know, we've said before Arteta doesn't believe in rotation. We've said before he was going to go as strong as he could. I just don't think he'd have lost anything like uh, Wednesday night. Do you know what I mean? By by playing Ramsdale. But that's that's not Arteta's way. Um, I, I don't think we need to wait for uh, wait for the Carling Cup or whatever it's called these days to, for it to be confirmed. When Raya... Is, yeah, whatever it's called, sickly energy drink. When... Um, <laughs> When Raya is confirmed starting an hour before kickoff on Sunday, that's it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, I mean, we we didn't go through the effort of bringing him here, uh, you know, without this always being the the end game. And even uh, Arteta, he gave an interview today. Did you did you see it? Uh, I, I, have, I haven't it, seen but... anything today. No. What what oh. what would you say today? Um, he basically said. Uh, Picking Raya over Ramsdale was one of the hardest decisions he's had to make in his career so far. S- something like that. I mean, I, I'm just I'm pulling it from my head, but it was basically that. Like, um, so I think you that's know. that's probably true, right? Because oh, the, of course. the the decisions that have been made up until this point, let's be fair, have all been pretty easy. Like the decision to get rid of Abamyang, the decision to replace Lacazette with Jesus. The decision to upgrade Tierney to Zinchenko, the decision to get rid of Mustafi. I mean, I would say even the even the decision with Xhaka in the summer, Xhaka wanted to go. It was it was kind of time. So I think he, it probably is the toughest decision he's had to make so far. I think so, man. 
I mean, Ramsdale is so damn likable. He's uh, like a character of this team. He's part of the reason why the fan base is responding so much to this team because he interacts with them so much, you, you, like in stadium fans. Um, I think this must have been a really hard decision for Arteta. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is I'm watching Ramsdale and he looks way more cool. Nope. I'm watching Raya, sorry, and he looks way more cool, calm, and collected than Ramsdale does, less erratic. Um, now, his, his, his level of competition hasn't been, you know, that high, but I, uh, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't want to be like, I saw this coming, but. You saw it coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my my only hope, and we're going to finish this because there's been so much talk about Raya and Ramsey over the last couple of weeks. It, it's kind of been none to death. But my only hope, you know, I think all of our belief is that Ramsdale is probably going to leave in the summer. I'm guessing that Chelsea will be in for him. Manchester United still need a goalkeeper. My guess is there's going to be big, big clubs in for Ramsdale in the summer. My only hope is that Ramsdale looks at it and says, you know what? I can get my place back here and he he decides to stick around for a bit because if we could keep these two for the next few years, it would be absolutely fantastic. So that's my only hope is that Ramsdale sticks around, gets better as a goalkeeper um, and and fights his way back. Yeah, just because I, I thought Raya would take his spot, it doesn't mean I wanted to lose Ramsdale. And I think if we lose Ramsdale at his age, uh, potential England number one, I would be pretty uh pr- pretty devastated to be honest. I don't I don't think the upgrade to Raya is incremental enough to lose Ramsdale. Does does that make sense? Yeah, I mean this is a I think this is a discussion to have at the end of May though, to be honest. Yeah. I I don't think there's any point now. Let's let the season play out, let these two battle it out. I mean, I, I I'm with you. I think that's it. Now I think for the for this season at least, I think Raya is gonna be the number one. Um, but let's see how this battle plays out, and we'll revisit this at the end of May because at the minute we're we're kind of all all guessing. So we are, yeah, yeah. So that that was it. I think the Vieira Havertz thing. We knew that that one could go either way. Other than that, Jesus coming back in wasn't a surprise. It was pretty much as we thought. Um, yep. The kickoff, just so last week we did the kickoff, and Raya actually played it out to Ben White rather than punting it long and giving the ball away. Uh, which was a sight for sore eyes. Wednesday night, we went back to the old routine, punted it up towards Havertz's head. Havertz didn't win it. They ended up bringing it down in their right-back area. They moved it through midfield and ended up with a shot on goal. Now, it was a shot from 20 yards that Raya saved easily down low, but it was a wet night and you never know what's going to happen with that. But once again, just we're in a situation with this kickoff where we've just punted it up and given the ball away. I just don't get it. Neither do I, Gav. Um, I really don't. Uh, it, it seems like it goes so far beyond Arteta's philosophy of wanting to control the game that I it, it, it feels out of character for him. And um, I, I get the strategy. You know, you're, you're wanting to catch the opposition defense, uh, you know, off guard or but who's going to be caught out by that, just seeing as we've played that kickoff now 50 times in a row? Well, the, 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 the yeah. We've, we've aired it once, and that was at the start of the start of the last game. That's the only time we've aired it in the last two seasons. We just punt that ball up there, and 
I just, I, I hate it. I hate that kickoff routine. It's, I do. It I almost do. seems like that section of the game is completely different from every other. You know how we've got a set-piece coach who just deals with that? I'm yeah. wondering if the set-piece coach is the one that kind of designed that kickoff. Because it, you're right, it does seem absolutely against everything that we're trying to do. So I'm just wondering if that particular kickoff, that that particular move, is actually just built into the system by as looked at like almost like a corner. Well, it's silly if so, Gav, because I mean we we've got to be the club leading in like first minute goals over the past two seasons or this season and in last conceded. Um, you mean first minute goals given away? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I. Uh, I I hate it too. I'm I'm, you know the, these guys Yover and and Arteta. They're I mean they're smarter than me, but I I don't really understand it. I got to be honest. Um, and you're right. It goes completely against uh, most of what Arteta is about: control, uh, overloads, you know, etc. And I, I I just it seems dumb. <laughs> yeah, it it I mean, does. It does. But, you know, on the night, there wasn't a lot to complain about. It was a, a really good performance. You were absolutely 100% right about your boy, Peter Bosch. Um, man, I told he'll, you. He'll told attack, you. won't he? He'll go toe-to-toe with anybody, yeah, even it's to the detriment of his own team. I mean, yep. leaving Saka one-on-one with Dest was one of the was most shocking. outrageous <laughs> decisions I've ever seen. Um, and we're going to run through the goals in a minute, and it will become pretty clear pretty clear why if it wasn't within the first five minutes pretty clear why um but yeah they were they were quite happy to go man for man all over the pitch and you know going man for man all over the pitch is fine when you've got better players it's not the best way when you're inferior all over the pitch I'm gonna tell you Gav I bet Saka felt like he was on vacation yesterday having only like one mediocre foot in I mean I'm American I like Dest but one mediocre fullback guarding Saka. He wasn't doubled up. He wasn't tripled up. I mean, I respect PSV for trying to play their game, but Jesus, Gav. Yeah, no, it was, it was insane. It it played right into our hands on a, on, on a night that could have been difficult, I think, because the emotion was so high on the night, the expectation and the pressure was so high on the night. And, and I think the way that they played just basically, you know, it, it allowed us to get them early goals. And that was it at that point. I mean, as soon as we got a couple up, I, I'll i admit I had a little bit too much money on Arsenal plus two, uh, but um, or Arsenal minus two, I should say. Um, but it was never really in doubt from, from very early on. No, it really wasn't. And uh, I, I just... I have a uh, like kind of a weird stance on these things. Like uh, I, I like when clubs play their way, regardless. You know, Arsenal's kind of always been that way, except maybe under Unai Emery, right? But Wenger used to do it. Arteta used to do it. I'm just I'm used to it, and I, I so I, I respect it, even if it doesn't come off. I mean, PSV was they were kind of lucky champions of the Eredivisie last year. And that's, you know, why they're in the Champions League Did they now. Win it? I, I thought Feyenoord, no, Feyenoord won it. They come second. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Feyenoord did win it. Sorry. Anybody other than Ajax, I just blend together. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, they, um, you know, they, they were pretty fortunate to be there, I feel like. And uh, 
you know, I, I respect this man. I mean, I, I know Peter Bosch. I followed a lot of his career. There was a time where I was pushing for him over Emery, not Arteta, but, um, you know, I, I, I do respect that, like playing your way, even if it's going to be, uh, you know, yeah, well, let's let's run through the let's run through the goals real quick, Jos. Um, sure. So the first one, our first goal back in the Champions League for seven years, Bukayo mm-hmm. Saka. So it starts with Rice breaking the lines in a pass to Erdegaard, Erdegaard out to Saka, who draws in Dest, plays it inside to Erdegaard, who shifts it to the left and shoots towards that bottom corner. And actually, one of, one of my mates said to me that was going wide. It wasn't. It was going in, and it was a rocket of a shot on a wet night. And the keeper parried it out, and he parried everything. He he, he couldn't catch a cold, that guy. Um, but he parries it out. Saka's coming in, right foot into the other corner. Uh, that was a that was a really good finish from Saka. Really cool and calm, and you couldn't ask for a, a better guy to score our first goal back. No, I love it actually. Um, it, Saka's got a um, uh, like a history of doing extremely well the first game of all his competitions. I saw stats the other day that was like his, you know, his England debut, his Premier League debut, his, you, you know what I mean? Um, and he's been like man of the match in like all of them. And it's really interesting. He he's he does really good debuting in a competition. And I, I thought this was just a brilliant introduction to his Champions League game. Yeah, and then he gets an assist for the second straight mm-hmm. after. It, it, it actually starts with a misplaced pass from Ben White, who's trying to find Erdegaard inside, but he overhits it. And Jesus was really sharp, and Jesus was sharp all night. And he, he got was. onto it, he beat his defender, drove forward, got it out to Saka. Saka swept it across the box, and Trossard, that is a fantastic finish into the bottom corner from Trossard. He side foots it more powerfully than I see most pros. You know, like he doesn't have to put his laces through it. He just like side foots these and they're perfectly placed. Um, I mean, I, that's a talent that, you, you know, you don't see that often, but Trossard has been just an incredible signing. Yeah. Yeah. He, he really, he really has. And I didn't want him at the time. I, 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 I didn't either. That. I didn't want him, didn't um, but he's, he's been magnificent and he is, the quintessential 12th man, right? He is the perfect first man to come off the bench, first man up. And now where we're going to be without Martinelli for a few weeks, he's going to get his run in the first team. And funnily enough, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's against Fulham when he started. He really wasn't, really wasn't good. Um, he had to come off at half. We brought him off at half time. But last night I thought, I thought he worked, he had to work his way into the game. Because I thought the first 10 minutes, his touch was a little bit off. And funnily enough, he was a bit like that at the weekend as well, when he first came on against Everton. He, his touch what didn't seem quite right, and he wasn't on the same wavelength. But once he played his way in last night, I thought that front line was was absolutely superb. Yeah, I remember you messaging us, actually, me and Paz, uh, that... It was you know- like two minutes before... He had the fullback on toast and whipped it across for Jesus, was it? And did Je- Jesus, what was that? Jesus put it over that one, or, or did he? Or was that the one with the keeper save with his feet? I can't remember. But that was the first time that he really got on the ball and yeah. shifted his feet and really got really got it across because he he hadn't had a good start. Trossard. Sorry, I agree. Yeah, he hadn't had a great start, um, but I. I wasn't thinking he was bad at that point, but I, I, I wouldn't say you were wrong. You know, I no, guess he wasn't, he wasn't from. bad. He was just off. Yeah. It yeah, just he wasn't was off. quite yeah. clicking. 
Yeah. Um, and then much like the first one where Saka scores it and then immediately sets up the second, Trossard scores the second and then immediately sets up the third. So it was a magnificent ball from Big Gabby from the back to set Trossard away down the left. Trossard brings it down, cuts back inside, crosses it, and then that touch from Jesus to kill it and then rifle it into the top corner on the other side. Man, we need to see more of that from Jesus. We we really do because he's so good as a footballer. Yeah, this is this is like the Jesus that was here last year before the the World Cup injury. You know, he's um he's way more prolific. He's doing great. Um but that pass from Gabriel was uh I think it's underrated. That pass Yeah, it was it was a really brilliant great. pass. Yeah. And and funnily enough, that ball has been on for the last few weeks that ball has been on 10 times. I would say, to Martinelli yeah. or to Trossard, and he hasn't played it. And the amount of times I've sat there, and you know he can do it. You know he can play that pass, and he hasn't done it. And when he finally when he finally did it last night, I was like, well, at least he's, you know, at least he's doing it now. So hopefully now he's feeling his way. Because Gabby, you know, he's just coming back into the team too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. hopefully that becomes a bit of a staple because we are very, very good at isolating our wingers one-on-one on either side. And the key to it is when you do that, you have to hit them early. And that's exactly what happened there. And you saw the result. Yeah, and I think uh, furthermore, like Saliba is probably known as our more technical director. So when uh, like Gabriel can get on, Gabriel can get on passes like that, uh, I think it makes a, a whole lot of difference because I think most uh, attacking players are pressing Saliba in order to not let him make those passes. But but Gabriel's capable, you know? Well, I think Gabriel suffers image-wise from standing next to Saliba. I think if Gabriel yeah. stood next to... I don't want to say Mustafi. I really don't. If Gabriel stood next Socrates. to... Let's say Koscielny. Let's say if Gabriel stood next to Koscielny, Gabriel would look like one of the best footballing centre-backs in the league because that's what he is. Gabriel suffers from standing next to Saliba, who does Cruyff turns and switches a feet on the edge of his own box to beat two players. Like that's, that's the thing with Gabriel. Gabriel is not as good a footballer as William Saliba. That doesn't mean that Gabriel isn't a magnificent footballer. He just happens to be standing next to an absolute freak. I mean, you never know, mate. I, I look at Gabrielle as more not as technically inclined, but just more no-nonsense. Um, yeah, but like I said, I don't think you would look at him that way if he was stood next to someone else. I think you only look at him that way because he stood next to Saliba. I think he's a yeah, fantastic yeah, footballer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, just, he he yeah. suffers from the comparison, basically. Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah. But I mean, I they're both. They're both so great. I mean, we're we're so blessed to have this like center back pairing. I mean, it's ridiculous. And they yeah. they uh... yeah, it's 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 a phenomenal pairing, and it, it's it's growing and growing. And that's why you know that's why everyone was so I'm going to say annoyed annoyed with Arteta early on in the season for breaking that partnership up because it was completely unnecessary. And I, I think that's yeah, you know, and I, I think that's why everyone was annoyed because it is such a good partnership, but. Gabby got his chance to shine yesterday and that ball was that ball was fantastic. So it was good to see him show out. Um, and then we come to the fourth, the captain, 
So it starts with some really good play between ESR and Nelson. Um, ESR actually sent Nelson a little bit too far with it with his pass, but Nelson kept it in, pulled it back, and then Smith Rowe did absolutely brilliantly over on the touchline to turn his defender and hold him off. And then he found Nelson. Nelson found Erdegaard. And Erdegaard's got that thing now, right, where he's always looking to that bottom corner towards the goalkeeper's yes. left. And yeah. he finds the inside of that post yep. so often. It's every time. And he does that little shimmy. He shifts it left. And you know exactly what's coming. And sure enough, it just arrows into the bottom corner. And he'd had two others. The first one was the one that was parried out when Saka put in. He had another one where he didn't quite catch it. And the keeper parried it out again, but no one was following up. But this one, he couldn't have, he couldn't have placed it any perfect, any more perfect. No, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, other than what you said, I mean, he placed it so perfectly. I think the uh, the the build up to it. I mean, I love to see like Reese and Emil uh, connect to to you know kind of help this go along. But I mean, Odegaard is just he's brilliant. He he's becoming one of the best midfielders to shoot outside the box. I mean, right, right? Yeah, Who's no, he, he is. And, you know, how, and we're seeing they, this, Brian... we're seeing this consistently from Erdegaard yeah. now, right? Yeah. Absolutely consistently. Despite Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank saying he needed to add goals to his game, I don't know. Yeah, what, that was, that was I, I, know, hard, I don't know what Jimmy Floyd's expecting, but, you know, I'll take 15 league goals every season. Um, but we're seeing this all the time. And this is the point to bring up. I think that we got the absolutely brilliant news today that Erdegaard has signed a new five year contract. Yeah. Um, he becomes our highest ever paid player. Um, Wait, highest ever or highest high, current? Highest current is the highest ever. Wages now are higher than they've ever been. <laughs> so I, I don't think, think we have tops, anybody on. I think he on tops Aubameyang, right? I don't. I don't know because I haven't seen the. I haven't actually seen the amount. To be honest, there is no number. I'm wrong there, on that. There's no numbers. I, yeah, I've, so I, I haven't seen it. I just heard that he was our highest paid player. Um, but anyway, but he. I mean, he 100 percent deserves it. I think at this point. I mean, I, I was there halfway through last season, but are you at the point now where Odegaard is the best player at the Emirates era? I'm not. You're I'm not? Because I don't think he's close. I think the next one to him is Sesk, and I think he's head and shoulders above where Fabregas was. If I could have 22-year-old Sesk, I'd take him over Odegaard right now. Really? Yeah, see, I, I wouldn't. I would. I love Odegaard. I love Odegaard. That's not like a criticism, but I think like the the twenty two year old, you know, oh nine to what uh, eleven, Sesk was the best midfielder in the league. So is Odegaard. Odegaard's the best midfielder in the league, and I don't think that's close either. I think he's better than De Bruyne, and I don't think anyone else is is anywhere near Odegaard. Nowhere near him. So it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting one. We'll ask Paz about that in the future as well. But sure. I think he's I think I think he's got a shot to be the best player in Arsenal's history. That's where I think Erdegaard has a chance to be. That's how highly I rate Erdegaard. I think he's got a chance to be our first ever Ballon d'Or winner. And I think Saka's got that chance as well. Um, but I think as a footballer, Erdegaard is just I think he's absolutely incredible. I actually I, I can agree with that. I think um I think Odegaard could be our first balloon balloon dior balloon dior winner um is that is that a perfume oh no i had a i, I, have, <laughs> I have pets mate just random hairs fall on my it's 
Yeah, I mean, I yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, but I, I think Odegaard's got a really good chance at that, and I think a lot of it comes. I mean, he, he's just you know he was kind of tossed around team to team. Vitesse, uh, Heron Veen, uh was it real Sociedad? Yeah, yep. And then you know went back to Madrid, and they were like, ah, uh, you know. And then we got him, and and I mean, he's just he's kicked on so much with us; it, it's almost ridiculous. Uh, he just wanted a home, yeah. And I, I I think now that he has that home, I mean, he he's just gonna go from. And he, I, I sorry, I, I don't mean to cut off that point, but like I've what I've noticed with Odegaard is that like every criticism that like. Well, fan criticism is dumb, right? Because, I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything. But when I think about, like, stuff Odegaard needs to improve on, it's like the next season he's, like, mastered that. Like, needs to shoot more. Okay, done. Needs to shoot outside the box more. Okay, done. You you, you know what I mean? He's just like... Yeah, it, it, it's funny because you know who else is like that? Declan Rice is the same as that. He yeah, would get criticized yeah. for something and then all of a sudden he would add it to his game. So them two together is going to be very, very interesting over the next over the next few years because you can already see that they push each other. And I, I think the heights is just going to be incredible. Uh, yeah, they're they're roughly the same age too, right? Like yeah. 24. 24, yeah. yep. Yep. And I mean that's 66% of a like a world class midfield right there. Yeah. I mean we're probably missing the other thirty-four percent, but we'll we'll get onto that later. Oh, At the yeah, moment, okay. we've got yeah, we've got some players who can fill in there for the time being. But um, Jesus is the other one. I know we spoke a little bit about him before, after his goal, but I think last night was maybe the sharpest I've seen him. Besides the goal, he had the turn and shot low that the keeper kept out of his feet. He had the little wriggle and change of feet in the box and then arrowed one towards the top corner that the keeper actually did well to push wide. He had the one where Havertz cut it back and he got his right foot on it by the near post and it just went wide. The difference he makes, uh, Eddie has been Eddie has been great, right? I think Eddie has been really good this season whenever he's played. Yeah, But Jesus is a world-class footballer and Eddie and Ketia, for as much as we love him, is not a world-class footballer. The difference is palpable. It's an unbelievable difference with Jesus in the starting lineup. And sometimes you forget that. I think because he was out so long last season, sometimes you forget what a difference it makes having Gabriel Jesus up front. I, I mean, yeah, mate, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, with regards to Eddie, you know, he, he's fine. And he, he specializes in a couple different things. He's he's very good in the box. Um He's very good in the box. Uh, <laughs> I think he's actually been really good outside the box, but there's a difference because Eddie's more, he, he comes out and he lays he, it off. He's very right? Game, right? Yeah, he comes yeah. out and he, he he lays it off and he brings other people in. What Jesus does, does Jesus yeah. gets okay. the ball and dribbles past three players. He gets yeah. the ball and it's chaos. The ball goes up in the air and he can beat six foot three defenders and bring the ball down. It's incredible the stuff that the stuff that Jesus can do, and I thought it was worth a mention because I really did think he was excellent last night, and it was it was great to see him get seventy minutes before Sunday. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. I do think Jesus adds a much bigger uh, lever to this team. Um, he can 
do it all. I mean, in his ability to win the second ball is just brilliant. Uh, he's just all over them. He's a press master. He does a lot of stuff that Enkedia, w- with all due respect, because I, I do like Enkedia, he can't do. Yeah. And the subs last night, mate, they were absolute perfection. Um, I thought, or Wednesday night, I should say. The the game played out exactly as we wanted it to. Tommy and Reese come on for Trossard and Zinchenko on 58 minutes. Fabio Vieira and ESR coming on for Saka and Jesus for six, on 69 minutes. And then Rice for Jorginho on 76. Um, the roar that ESR got when he came on was probably a bigger roar than any of the goals got. Were you in that stadium 54,000 times? I wasn't, unfortunately, but <laughs> I can say there's never been a cheer more deserved than that right there. It was it was huge. And and he played well when he come on, right? Like all the subs I thought impacted the game really, really well. They did. Yeah. And you know, I, I noticed um the one of the first passes ESR got, it was it was a little rough. I think that was the one you mentioned earlier. Was it the through? Yeah, ball he just overhit it slightly to Reese yeah. Nelson, just just slightly yeah. overplayed it. Yeah. But he, he hasn't played, and I think after well, that... Well, he's coming he's, on. He's coming on to a game, so you've got to get the pace of the game. He's coming on to a soaking wet pitch because it was yep. torrential rain. It was. I, I actually texted you guys before the game and, yeah, and I remember. said how bad the rain was. Um, so he's coming on to... he's coming, And, you know, and these pitches are rock hard underneath. Even when it when they're that wet, they're still rock hard. So it makes that ball really fit. So there's definitely mitigating circumstance behind, but he did slightly overhit the pass when he come on. But he was, yeah, I thought he I was, too, yeah. yeah, I thought he was really good, and I thought Nelson was was incredibly bright when he came on what, as well. What do you make? Uh, I, I don't want to take anything away from Nelson, but what do you what do you make from Arteta's comments about uh, ESR in the reception he got? I honestly don't political know. or I, I, I honestly don't know. What does I mean? Part of me kind of thinks, well, what else is he going to say? Do you know what I mean? Like, like you can't deny the reception that that Smithrow got when he got on, right? Like, he can't say, well, I didn't hear that. <laughs> you you could have because <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was so loud and it was so clear. So, a part of me thinks that he just he's just saying what he has to say. Um, I don't know. Well. Um... I found it encouraging, you know, as a, a, a big ESR fan, but I also found it, you know, kind of political. Uh, so yeah. we'll see what happens. Um, re- with regards to Nelson, I do just want to say this real quick. I um, I think I think Nelson, he was trying too hard last night. He snatched it shots he probably shouldn't have taken when he had better options, and he also tried to dribble people he shouldn't have. I'm not saying he had a bad game. I think he had a bright cameo. I just think he was trying very hard to make a name. Well, I think and when I, you only get yeah, five or ten minutes of a week, of you know what I mean? Like You've got to yeah. stand out. And I think he, he's, one of our, he's one of our better impactors. I mean, that's the thing. We've now got... It was 4-0. You know? Yeah, and we've yeah. now got players on the bench that are impactors, which we, we haven't had. You know, you've got ESR, who's got that great record of coming off the bench and scoring. We've mm-hmm. all seen what, what Reese can do when he comes off the bench. Trossard is an, is an impact, 100% impactor. He is a brilliant man to be bringing on the bench. And this yeah. year, Fabio Vieira has also made an impact. And yep. even Eddie so got four, a goal coming off the bench. Four impacts 
Uh, well, I, I, I don't know if I'd count Eddie yet, but you, you've got... No, but I'm saying even he has a goal coming off the bench. He come off the bench against Fulham and he scored. So it makes it, it makes a big difference to have them options on the bench because we haven't it had does. It does. I, I'm more referencing there was, there was, a, there was an area where uh, Nelson and Smithrow had like an easy give and go that would play Smithrow through. Yes. And Nelson tried, you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, he, I, he I remember because I was watching at the time and you're thinking, just give it, just give it, just give yeah, it. And he, give he, it. he yep. didn't. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I think. I don't, I don't blame him. I don't blame uh, him. No, I, I think it's yeah. just it's just one of them where you, you know, you have a decision to make and he made the wrong decision. The, the thing yeah. is, you know, where, where Erdegaard, Habits, anyone else is having 10 of them decisions in a game, Nelson only gets one because he, he only gets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know, if he gets that one wrong, that's kind of his only input into the game, and I, I think that's that's tough. So the last point I want to bring up about this game is Ben White, the biggest shithouser we have ever had, and is that the funniest yellow card you have ever seen? The, the yellow card was brilliant. I literally, I didn't. Did, did you did you see it in real time? Because I didn't no, see it. I My didn't. first no, thought, I, I, I actually jumped up and I'm like, what the. Are you booking him for? Uh, oh, yeah, I agree. That? Yeah. And then I saw the replay, and I was like, "That is so Ben White." <laughs> it is. That's so Ben White. Like it reminds me of. It's like you remember against Wolves when he tripped the guy who was running running past him completely off the ball, and the camera just caught you, and you're you're like, "Oh my god!" At some point, <laughs> you are going to get caught doing this. I got to be honest, mate. Ben White's one of my favorite current players because he's so funny. He like he's hilarious. He's absolutely hilarious. There's no doubt about it. He he's got like so much like meme potential, but like he's also he like doesn't give a fuck about England. He you know, and he he'll just like foul people like that grabbing the foot. I I was just like, yep, okay, yeah, that that's that's just Ben. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, I I didn't see it in real in real time, and I was like, oh, yeah. and then I saw the replay, and it was it was just yeah, it was so blame, but it it was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I so, love you, man. I so do. thanks, I thanks Ben for giving us all a giving us all a laugh, giving us all a laugh. Yep. Yeah. So summation time then. Just a great result. We've got control of the group now. We go to Lons next. Exciting. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so we're the only team in the group sitting on three points. Uh, I think PSV is maybe the first or second hardest. Uh, Sevilla is having a nightmare of a start of a season. Uh, Lons isn't doing much better. Um, PSV's had a great start to their season. Uh, so I, I think this is a great result. I think we already have a step up on our or group competition. You know, the only thing is with this, Jazz, and and yeah. I think we agreed that PSV were, were the second best team in the group, but PSV yeah. are used to being the big boys, right? Severe and Lons oh. are not. So Severe and Lons are not going to come and try and play us the way PSV did. I actually have won, like, the last, like, seven Eredivisie titles. This is, like, PSV. This is PSV's yeah, first time. PSV, SWAT aside, how many, is it? Is it 18 clubs in the... Yeah. It's, so so PSV SWAT aside 15, 15 clubs on a regular basis. Oh, so they I mean, are used to being the big boys, right? They're used to yeah. playing this way. Lons and Sevilla are used to being 
the least talented team, really. So I just I think that even though I think PSV were the second best team in the group, it's possibly the easiest game in the group for us, just because that, of the way they play. It's more suited to us, I should say. That, that that's actually a really fair point, Gav. Yeah, you you might be right. They're going to be the only club that comes at us like yeah. they. Yeah, I think so. The other team are going to sit back. Yeah, I think so. Especially Lance. Yeah, but it's a great night. Um, yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed it so much. I was I was ecstatic the whole yeah, time. Can't yeah. ask for better than that. All right, mate. Well, listen, we'll come back in part two, and we'll look forward to the North London derby at the weekend. And Pazzy's going to join us as well. I've been told that he is going to join us tonight, unlike last week when he didn't bother. <laughs> okay. All right, so, mate. I'll see you on the other side of the break. All right. Hey guys, just a couple of quick halftime messages for you. Firstly, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps us reach a wider audience, particularly on Apple Podcasts. Secondly, we're on all the social media platforms as The NN Pod. We're really trying to build a strong Guna community. So next time you're on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, look us up, give us a like or a follow, send us a message, interact with other listeners, or, or just have a look around. Thanks for listening from myself, Paz and Jazz. We really appreciate it. Welcome back to the Non-Negotiables podcast. This is part two. Jazz, big game at the uh, big game at the weekend, North London derby. Man, getting a bit uh, getting a bit nervy. You know, this one's a weird one for me, Gav. Um... I actually usually stress about these for a few days before the game happens, and I'm 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 feeling oddly comfortable about this one. Um, of course, it's a big game. Yeah, I'm not trying to say it's not a big game, but I just feel like I think Tottenham's going to try to play a similar game to what PSV did. Oh God, I hope so. And I think I mean, if you've listened to any of Ange's quotes. Big Ange. Uh, big Ange, yep. He only plays football one way. It doesn't matter the opponent. He said that a lot. Um, I think if they play open, Gav, we, this could be really for ours to take. Well, I'd be Yung- way more worried if they were sitting and countering. You well, Youngmin you- Son says we're going to be scared to play him. <laughs> I saw that quote as well. Yeah, yeah I saw that yeah, quote. Uh, I'm not sure if he's uh, if he's quite aware of who we are, but um, yeah. and it's at the Emirates. I mean, yeah, I, I mean it's 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 ludicrous to think there would be anything other than complete confidence on our side going yeah. in going into this. So I got a little "Who Am I" game for you. Um, oh, yeah. So are you uh, you ready for this? Yeah. Okay, who am I? I started my career with Spurs, playing 255 league games. I then moved to Arsenal and played 135 times. After leaving the Gunners, I went to Portsmouth and then had a brief spell of Notts County before returning to the Gunners and playing a further 11 league games. I finished my career at Newcastle United. Who am I? Have you got any idea who it is? Yes. Okay, let's find out if you're right at the end. So, we've got this game. Both teams have started pretty well. Four wins and a draw. Um, Spurs obviously lost in the 
Carlin, Carabao, Coca-Cola, C Cup, whatever you want to call it. Um, they lost in that. We won in the Champions League. I, I was looking for their result in the Champions League and I couldn't find it. Do you know? Do, do you know? How they yeah. I checked as well, and it, uh, the the search came up. Uh, they're not in the Champions League. Oh, really? Because then, I looked I checked in the Europa League. League. Yeah, I looked in the yeah. Europa League on on Thursday night, and and I couldn't find the result there. Do you know how that one went? No, uh, uh, apparently they're not in the Europa League either. Well, I looked at the Europa Conference League, and I thought, you know, that they're result might be in it and I couldn't find it there. Do you know do you know what that was about? And Gav, I, I don't think they're in the conference league either. So what are they doing? Are they just watching East Enders? Uh I guess so, mate. I guess so. Man, wow. That's uh well they'll be well rested. We'll give them that. So <laughs> anyway, back to the back to the game in hand. So Big Ange he uh, he seems to yeah. like this four two three one. Um, yep. The last couple of games he's played Sun right up top. I have a feeling that that is not what he's going to do on Sunday. I I think he's going to play Richarlison, and I think he'll move Sun out to the left hand side. Do you you see it happening like that? Um, it makes sense, you know. Um, I don't necessarily see it happening that way, but it, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it seems to be. I don't know. It's just kind of how I expect it. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and, and maybe he won't do that. Maybe he will start with Sun up top, but I just, I just see him doing that. I mean, Richarlison's the biggest shit house they've got, and I think they're only, you know, they. I know what you said about him saying that he only knows how to play one way and all that. But if they do that, they're going to get crushed, and they must know it. So they really don't want this being a football game. They want, they need Richarlison to be shit housing all over the place. They need to be trying to smack us on the break, keeping eight men, nine men, ten men behind the ball. I, I don't see they've got an option. I just, do you really think that he's that much of a maverick like Peter Bosch is that that he's going to do that? I actually do, Gav. I think they're they're going to do it. I mean, if they do that and they leave Udogi one-on-one with with Saka, this is going to be a long, long day for them. Yeah, I I agree, you know, but I, I mean, I, I respect his tendencies, to be honest. I mean, uh, from all accounts, you know, Ange seems like a, a really nice guy. Um, and... I do expect them to play like they want the ball and they're going to dominate possession against us, which, you know, I only welcome. I mean, bro, have at it. Have at it. If that's what you want to do, have at it. Um, yep. I, I just, I, I think, it, I think it would be a madness, but I'm, I'm happy to see him try it. I, I really am. I think it would be great if they want to try it. He, um, he did it as manager of Celtic against Barcelona. Uh, yeah, well, okay. Well, let's let's see then. This could be uh, this could be even more fun than than I'm expecting. This um this fixture's thrown up a lot of red cards throughout the year. I think it's the second highest amount of red cards in the after league after Everton, Liverpool, Everton, Liverpool. I think. Yep. Um, yep. obviously, 
Romero is a, is a walking red card. You can yep. just see it, can't you? Him going through the through the back of Jesus at some point, and and the the red card coming out. You can you can just see it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do they call him? The butcher? No, that's that's the uh, that's the midget oh, that- Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't yeah. know what they. I don't know what they call Romero. Cuddy, uh, Cuddy, I believe. Yeah, I, I call I call him uh, useless, but they <laughs> they can call him whatever they they can call him whatever they like. Hey, mate, I'm I'm gonna give credit. I think um, in it's not just because he's Dutch, but Mickey Van de Ven. Yeah, I've really not seen that much of him. I haven't watched any. I've seen highlights of Spurs games, but I haven't actually watched any of them. So I've not seen, I've not really seen that much of him. He's he's quality. Um, he really is. Uh, I have him in my uh, fantasy team. <laughs> no, you don't. I do. Swear. You'd be thrown out of my league for that. <laughs> well, it's not your league, is it, Gav? No, it's not. That's why you're still in. <laughs> but he's net me like six points a game week. Yeah, well, I hope I... you've taken him out on Sunday. Or, even better, I hope you don't take him out and he gets minus six. What input Havertz in? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. So starting lineup-wise, lineup Jazz, I think we're going to be. Um, I think we're going to just be at full strength. I think it's pretty much going to be the same same team as Wednesday night, right? I mean, the only possible change I see is Vieira and Havertz swapping positions. Um, Vieira dropping. Vieira coming in. Havertz dropping to the bench. Other than that, I don't, I don't see any changes. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. I um, and you know to be honest, Gaff, I'm I'm probably the the biggest Havertz hater on our our podcast. Um, but I I think he should start. I'd prefer him to start over and and sub Vieira on. Um, I, I really don't have a problem with whichever one of them starts. I'm I'm fine. I'm not. I don't think I don't think either of them are the second coming of Maradona. And I don't think either of them are the second coming of Mustafi. So I'm I'm quite comfortable with either one of them playing. I think there's a role to be played in this team. I think them two play it differently. And I think it's just a question of how Arteta sees this game playing out, of which one of them he picks. I think the other ten are pretty much are pretty much nailed on. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Um and, and you know, when you look at Spurs backline, uh they're not like some giants, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, no, they're not. They're not a. Um, they're not a particularly, particularly big side. Mm-mm. So I think, um, you know, regardless of if we go with Vieira, Havertz, Smith Rowe, um, that <laughs> that <laughs> that you know we'll we'll have the same advantage no matter what because I don't think size is going to be a problem here. I mean, Basuma's not big. Madison's not big. No. No, they're not. Um, they're not. You know, Son's not big. Richarlison's probably their best header of the ball. Yeah. So, so I mean, we, we could literally put just our most technical players out and not worry about a size advantage at all here, which is which is, you know, pretty unique in the Premier League if you think about it. It's funny though because that is true. Yet, did you know that since the start of last season, we are the top scorers from corners with sixteen, and Spurs are second with fifteen. I did not know that. That's yeah, actually that's, really interesting. That is a crazy stat because they're not particularly they're not particularly big, but they are good from corners. So that's going to be. Kane, though? Was it Kane? 
I don't, I honestly, I don't know the breakdown of it. All I know is the raw, the raw numbers. So I don't know the breakdown of it, but I believe that at least one of their goals against Sheffield United was from a corner, right? The Richarlison header, I believe was from a corner. So I I think it's, it's going to be interesting because we've, we've had a bit of a weak spot from defending corners as, as much as we've been good in the other box over the last year, our, our corner defending has not been great. So we're going to have to stay switched on there. I mean, we could always do it like we did at Goodison and just not give them any corners. Yeah. I I mean, I I think that's probably the best way to go around it, but I, I, I really hope Gav with all my heart that it's Ben White, Man marking Richarlison. That's all I want. That's all I want in life. Maybe. That would be. Can you imagine it? Richarlison will be out for six months because Ben White's flicked his ear. Hey, well, look who it is. Ah, Paz, welcome in. Come on, Paz. What's going on? Ah, hey, mate. <laughs> so we now have we now have <laughs> Pascal joining us. Caesar. Oh, we're recording. We're recording. We oh, are recording, mate. We are live. So you okay. haven't you, you haven't missed too you haven't missed too much. Uh, we just went over. We were just yeah. saying we think our starting lineup is going to be pretty much the starting lineup from Wednesday with the possible swap of Havertz Vieira. You you see it that way? Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. I think um, uh, Havertz did probably enough to to uh, keep his place. But, of course, Vieira played well in the last game, so, so it'd be interesting. I, I think it's that between those two. Uh, and yeah, then that's I, it. I was just saying I'm not bothered which one it is. I think we're... I'm, Me neither. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely fine with, with either one of them. Um, just thinks that Big Ange is going to uh, go attacking against us the way Peter Bosch did. Are you excited about that? I'm very excited, if that is the case, um, because... I think we talked about uh, it, it. I feel that that just plays into our hands when they do that. Um, we really hit PSV well on the counter attack, well, even though we had a lot of possession. But we hit them well whenever they attacked. We were able to reverse, reverse, um, but basically get get possession and hit them quick um, with variation of long balls and through the center as well. So I think if that is that plan for Spurs, which I believe will be because it seems like he hasn't really altered his um, his way of playing, and I can't imagine that would be the case. They might they might start slow and maybe a little bit deeper, but um, I think there will be a part when they're going to try and come out a little bit more, and that's where we can really exploit them. And City play Forest at home on Saturday, so you know they're obviously going to crush that. So we're going to have to win to keep up. We can't be falling any any further behind. Yeah. We we really have to. Just the importance of this game, it's the North London derby is always an occasion in itself, but we need to keep an eye on the bigger picture too. This is another home game and we've already dropped two points at home to Fulham, which is a problem. Um, we have to win this game. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I think the tricky thing about derbies is that like uh, derbies uh, is that... Um, you know, no matter the form, the better club is going to win. It doesn't matter that, like, you know, one club is playing brilliantly and one club isn't. Form goes out the window, right? And, I mean, and, and that's a stereotype, right? But it's true. I mean, it doesn't matter who's in the better form. Uh, it could go either way. Well, we kind of come into this the same as well, Judge. Like, we were saying this... 
before before Paz got on in that we've both started with four wins and a, and a draw. There really isn't. I mean, I think the only difference is is that I think Spurs are pretty much playing at their ceiling, whereas we haven't really clicked yet. Well, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. And and I'm not trying to give Spurs any credit here because, you know, I mean, honestly, you know, fuck them. But, um, you know, they've got a lot of new players as well. I wouldn't expect them to just be clicking right away. New manager, they're still trying to play a new way coming from Conte, who was, yeah, I know he's regarded as a world-class manager, but he was, you know, he's been shit for a bit now. Um it's funny how he, he doesn't seem to be able to do it at teams that don't fix matches. <laughs> it's it's well, weird how that works. I didn't want to say it, but but anyways, um, yeah, I I, I think we should win this one. And as much as I respect, I, I like um, Ange, you know, as much as you can like a Tottenham manager. Um, and the, the team seems not is horrible except for Romero. Well, in that cut son, but, um, but we should win this one, right? I mean, we should. Yeah, we absolutely should win this one. I mean, I, I saw uh, Darren Bent on TalkSport. Perfect. I don't know if you, you saw this today, Paz, did you see this? He is gave his, uh, his joint Arsenal and Tottenham 11, which I hate. I mean, I, you know me, I've oh, got God. liberal, uh, I've got the liberal block button on Twitter where I will I will block anyone as soon as you you do something that pisses me off. I, I just hit the block button. I'm, I'm not. Unless you hadn't already uh, blocked Darren. Bent. Now there's one exception that you make, and that was in Darren Bent's case where he did a full Arsenal eleven. But Darren Bent's a gooner. <laughs> Darren Bent hates. Spain. I know. No, no, he's a big gooner. Yeah. He's a big gooner. He's got a season ticket. It's quite yeah. funny because he's played for Spurs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's a big Arsenal fan, and yeah. um, I, I. I, I don't agree with them either. I'm with you both. Um, I think it's a, a waste of time. Um, but well, I um, didn't see it. What what was it? He, he, he just basically with... did Arsenal's full eleven. I mean, yeah, I would, say, <laughs> really? I, I would say objectively though, I probably wouldn't have Party and Rice. I would I would probably have uh, um, uh, what's his name? I'd have Rice if, if I had no choice and I had to do this bollocks. The only Spurs player I'd probably put in there would be Madison. Most likely, um, I'd put. But then again, you can't really have Odegaard and Madison, can you? So it doesn't really work. <laughs> I guess. You, I guess yeah. I see your so, point. So it turns out, it turns out Darren Bent was absolutely right. It, it, it's true. He is actually. When you think about, it, you can't have Madison and, and Odegaard together, and you're definitely having Odegaard over Madison anyway. So yeah, he's probably he's spot on. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that that kind of sums it up, though. I mean, even Andy mm. Goldstein, who's an absolute nonce. Who was? I, I don't was, mind him though. I find him quite funny. I can't. Actually. I can't stand him. But I didn't like him. I thought Sokarayem started to be destroyed when he took over, and I think that's one of the reasons yeah. I don't like him. And he's, he's as well. He's from London and supports Man United, and I, I just haven't got time for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. That, um, that part, I but I'm not you know, even he was trying to. He started off by saying, "Well, there's at least at least three Spurs players I'd have in there." And Darren Bent went, "Who?" And he went, "Well, well, well, maybe not three, maybe two. Well, who? Son. And who else? Well, I really like Madison. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, he was really trying, but it was hard. And what, 
Talks what Ben said. An argument, and who, they really couldn't even get an argument going about it. I know no, they couldn't sing this, Gav. But who who, who does Sun replace? Well, that, I, was, so that was the ben, thing. That was Darren Bent's point. Is that oh, where, yeah. what are you doing? Sun's oh, I, playing up front. You ain't taking him over Jesus. And then Goldstein went. He got a hat trick, and Darren Bent went. Yeah, that was one game. He's been awful for a year and a half. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, he basically said that. If you it, Son's hat trick was playing centre forward, but you still wouldn't have him ahead of Jesus. And if you have him on the left, he's been pretty poor on the left for the last year and a half. So you wouldn't replace Martinelli. So yeah. I think he it, 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 it basically just put it all down. And I agree with him. I think we are look. Bottom line is there is you look at our home games this um, the beginning of the season, and the big one was United, Fulham. That was, uh, unfortunately, a, a draw. But I think if you look at the big teams we're playing and you probably have to put Spurs in that category, these we have to win all of those big ones because we're going to play these teams away at some point. Um, and that's the same for Man City coming up. So it's a must win as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... At home, yeah. We have to win. Yeah, at home. Yep. Yeah, yeah, agree. Just where do you where do you see the, the key... Parts to this, I think you know we always talk about the wings, and I think if we can get if we can get Saka one on one with Udogi, I think that's a big one. I think Jesus is a big one. Where where do you see this this being one? Well, mate, if if they if they truly play as attacking as PSV, I know they've they I I know PSV is not you know um, Tottenham's going to have more quality, but if they truly play like PSV. They're not going to be double marking Saka. They're not going to be able to. Um, I mean, uh, you, you, we're going to crush them on the wings. It's going to be Trossard. It's going to be Saka, and and Jesus is going to carry us because they have nobody like Jesus on their front line, regardless of if it's Son or or Richarlison. I I I have respect for Son's quality. I don't think he's that great. At center forward, I don't think he would uh, even win the ball very often off Saliba or Gabriel. I uh, I feel pretty good about this derby actually because I I think the matchup is just all wrong for them. I I would actually, as an Arsenal fan, prefer to see Son at center forward than than wide. I would actually be more worried. Um, and I say worried with a, you know, as worried as you can be, but I would actually be more concerned with Son playing wide left for them than I would up front. I think up front, he wants to stand there in between Saliba and Gabriel. You go for it, mate. You go stand there all day. I, I don't see how they're going to get any joy out of that. Paz, Declan Rice on Wednesday night, I thought one of the big standouts, and this has been over the last few weeks, is we were talking about it, he's adding bits to his game all the time. Mm-hmm. And the way he was breaking the lines with a passing, those passes that that Partey does, where they go really close to an opposition player, where they can almost be cut out, but not quite, and it breaks through the lines. He played a few of them on Wednesday night. One of them actually setting up one of the setting up the move for the for one of the goals. Um, that's going to be a, a key thing for us, right? In transition, part uh, with 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 no Partey, Rice has to grow into that split in the lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the fact that he's not, the fact that Rice is not really, really being mentioned too much for me is a good thing because it means that 
now we've got away from this 100 million tag that they were putting on him at the beginning and i think he's just actually got into the role he was he's been he was bought to do and and that role is not the most glamorous role but it is pivotal to the way this team works um he's he that's going to be a part of his game he's really got to be um he's really got to be at the best at because as you said party is is when he's on top form he's excellent at that part um, obviously, you are backed up by Saliba, who's excellent at putting that ball through, even if he plays. But even David Rea did one, which was in- insane to uh, Harvard. So I think it's it's something that as a team, we're going to be trying to adopt as much. But I think having him there and trying that and doing that more often is um, is only good for our system and the way we want to break forward. Um, but I've been really impressed with him, Rice, actually, because he just got on with his job. He's also his defensive discipline is sensational for me. Um, he's blocking the passes. He's getting in the right places. Positioning is superb. He's got an engine on him, um, so he can definitely carry that ball forward a la um, Patrick Vieira style. So um, he, he's... He's really getting into that role nicely, and and it couldn't come for us. It just shows you why preseason was important, why getting getting those early games through the kind of easier fixtures. And now we're starting to see the best of him uh, as we wanted to see. And just if Big Ange continues with his four-two-three-one again, if Sun's standing up top between Saliba and Gabriel, I'll take that all day. But that also means Madison's going to be wandering into. Rice's area of the field as well. And again, I'm happy with that matchup. Uh, I am as well. Yeah, I, 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 I like Madison and I respect Madison and I would have been um, happy to sign him, not over Odegaard. By the way, I was always pro Odegaard. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Rice dominates that matchup and I'm, I'm really not that worried about it. And their overlapping fullbacks are kind of shit i mean poro and well who ben davies is that uh, no udogi the italian from udinese who who <laughs> looks remarkably as a player like nuno Tavares. He, he really he's he looks quite exciting going forward but on the occasions i have seen him defensively man he, he vacates some space yeah of course yeah their biggest problem is going to be defense. I feel. Um, I mean, they've got that Van der Ven who looks pretty decent. He Romero's, is good. He's good. Romero's a loose cannon. Uh, yeah. Like you said, the two fullbacks susceptible when it comes defensively. Um, they've got Basuma there as cover in that uh, central midfield, who has performed pretty well from what I'm hearing. But it, this is a team that is very much in transition. I think they've had that bounce, that manager bounce, and he's definitely brought in a new system. They're getting all excited. But we've seen this so many times with Spurs that there is this general excitement for a temporary period and then it goes back to, you know, their usual mediocrity. So I, I, we, we go in like we went in against PSV, which is pumped, ready, and when there's, not, we, there's no way that team is not going to be ready for that game. I, I can't see anything but a victory for us. Paz, do you agree with me and Jazz that it's going to be Raya in goal? Yeah, I probably do. Uh, I, I'm kind of as a part of me that feels that Ramsdale might play, but I think it's more my heart telling me that rather than my head. Um, I, I just feel that there, there's a because he's never underperformed in the North London derby, and if 
Arteta is going to have an ounce of truth. There's an ounce of truth to what he says. Then Ramsdale could play, but I agree. I, I kind of get this feeling in me that Raya, I, 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 Arteta is seems very comfortable with him and can't see him dropping him, which is, um, which is, you know, uh, the the right thing from a from a managerial standpoint. But there is a part of me that would love to see Ramsdale play in a game like that. There is something that since. Since Raya joined, I, I didn't pay that much attention to him at, at Brentford. I find Brentford a terrible team to watch. I, I, I just don't like watching them play at all. But since he signed for us, there's a few things that I've really noticed about him. And one of them is his ability to claim the high ball, right? He mm. takes the ball at his apex. He basically does what you were taught to do as a goalkeeper in 1994. And I know because I was. So, I've, you know, you were, you were, you were a keeper. Taught, you yeah. were a keeper, Gaff? Mm-hmm. And you were you were taught to come and take the ball at its highest point. And it was before the days of punching everything. You used to catch everything, right? And I understand that since then, the balls have got lighter, they move. But goalkeepers, Raya's first instinct seems to be to catch the ball and not punch the ball. And I, I do like that. And he's very, very calm. And I think sometimes with Ramsdale, I think sometimes it can get a bit emotional and it can... The situations will actually, he will ramp the situation up rather than diffusing it. And I think Raya takes the opposite approach where he diffuses it. And I I understand why I t- why Arteta prefers Raya to Ramsdale. Paz, you noticed all that? Yeah, and, and it goes to what Justin said in our chat, um, where there is a, a calmness to him. There is a composure to him um, that... And, and no disrespect to Ramsdale. Honestly, I'm the last person who wants to disrespect, but I do feel sometimes Ramsdale gets this rush of blood. And we've seen that in some of the errors that he make. We're talking about seldom because he's been fantastic for us. But in the seldom times where he has been the fault, he's made full response, like it's his fault. It's usually because there's a rush of blood in what he's done. I saw with Raya, you know, you think that that was his first ever Champions League game. Uh, he's going into. He's going at a much bigger club, and there was a certain calmness. Everton game as well. Never an easy game with all those aerial balls coming in. He just seems to have an element of composure, which also has a big effect on the defence as well. When you know the guy behind you, which Gab, you always talk about with David Seaman, when you know that guy is 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 calm as as anything. Is just absolute personified calmness, then you, you it does have a ripple effect on the team. So I, I did notice that um, with Raya. Yeah, and Ramsdale just, he has a tendency to get a bit quick sometimes, right? Like when we get under pressure, mm. he has a tendency to, to hit mm. the ball out quick and high, and then it comes back at us. And, and it doesn't feel like Raya's going to do that. Raya is a lot more comfortable to taking the sting out of it and keeping the ball at his feet and waiting for an option to appear. Well, this is this this is kind of on along the same lines as what I said that that pause was referencing. Uh, it's it's the erraticism. Um, I feel like uh, Ramsdale. Uh, I love him, by the way. I I love Ramsdale, um, but I, I do feel like he's a lot more erratic and uh, kind of. Uh, I, I I don't want to say uptight. Uh, that's not the right word, but. Um, then Raya, I mean, watching Raya in these last two games, he just does everything with this like casualness, and I think that can only inspire the 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 back line. You know what I mean? He's catching stuff and just being like, you know, 
whatever. He's making saves, but he's still catching them. I, 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 I do think there's a different level here that we're talking about. And I don't think the level is huge, but I do think Raya is the superior goalkeeper. And I hope Arsenal fans, you know, gooners don't, don't hate me for saying that. Cause I love Ramsdale, but Raya is, he's already kind of, you know, shown his experience and his comfortableness, comfortability uh, in doing what he does. Paz, is this an opportunity for Ramsdale though? Because like Ramsdale's young for a goalkeeper, he's incredibly young. And if he's, Worst trait is being a bit impetuous, getting a bit excited, um, maybe not calming down a bit. That's something that comes with age, right? Is there the opportunity for Ramsdale to learn a little bit off Raya while naturally calming down a little bit and coming back into the fold of better goalkeeper? There's always a possibility, Gav. Um I, I do feel goalkeepers' roles, as we know, is a little bit more specific. And once you take the number one, unless you make some, you know, seismic error or a sequence of errors, it's usually nailed on. Um, but at the same time, opportunities can arise um, if he gets an injury or if he gets suspended. Um, cup games, obviously. Uh, I, I hope I hope he takes note and. Um, and works on it because I, he's not. I, I think it's. It just shows you. This is. This is another thing that I'd like to also say because I've had a few um, arguments with other Arsenal fans about this, but they're saying that Arteta is being very uh, disciplinarian and harsh, and you know, and and, and he's, you know, he's going to cause a rift in the um, in the camp and all of that stuff. But I'm I'm thinking to myself, look. His job is to manage. His job is to make those decisions. And if he feels that for us to win a trophy or to win something major, it is a slight upgrade in the goalkeeping department, then I'm going to commend him to make the decision. At the end of the at the end of the season, we can judge it all then. But I think so far, all of the decisions he's been making are to the benefit of the team, and I don't think it's causing a problem with a rift in the. In, in the squad, because otherwise you wouldn't have seen all these incredible renewals that we've had over the last year. If he's that bad and that much of a disciplinarian, you're not getting all your best talent renewing their contracts with us. I'm telling you that now. They're out of the door, as you can see that with other clubs. So um, I have to commend him that he's making these decisions because it's been a while since we've had that. It's been a while since we've had someone who's going to make a manager who's actually going to say, you know what, we we want the absolute best. And if that means to the detriment of a player that's, you know, that we find as a favourite, so be it. But um, I, I still think there's time for Ramsdale. I really hope so as well. That's that's the thing, Paz. That's his job. That's Arteta's yeah. job. That's what he has to do. His job is to win things for Arsenal. It's to make Arsenal the best team they can be. And sometimes you're going to have to rat a few cages. And players players want to win things too, right? Mm. I, I know they've got mates in the dressing room. I know that it's probably sad when you see players go. They get over that quick. Like there's a, a lot of players say that once they move one club and move to another club, they don't even keep in touch with the players that they used to play with because you just moved on to another job. That's all it is. These players want to win. If they if If the decisions are paying off, which Arteta's decisions have been paying off so far, 
Just there is no reason that it's going to cause friction in the camp because players want to win as much as the manager does. Uh, no, Gav. I don't think there's going to be any friction in the camp. I think the 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 negative feedback is probably going to come from the fan base because I think they they uh, Ramsdale's done such a good job making that connection. But I don't think the players themselves are going to have an issue with it at all. Um, and it's exactly what you said. I mean, he's he's creating a competitive environment and the players are buying in. And that's all that matters, right? Like if you're yeah. winning, it's all that matters. Yeah, right? it's, 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 all about, it's all about winning. All about winning. It, it, it's all about that. But also at the same time, look at, look, I, I, I hate to always mention them, but it's kind of funny. But look at United, right? They paid over the odds for a goalkeeper because apparently the one before <laughs> had no distribution skills and, and whatever. But he was the Golden Glove winner. Remember that. So they go and pay over the odds for one. To be honest, the keeper we got on loan with an option to buy would have been far better for them. But we got him. And we now got two fantastic goalkeepers. What have they got behind Anana? I don't even know who their sub goalie is. So this guy can make error after error after error, and know there is fuck all to replace him. It's not the case in our squad. Not the case at all. From goalkeeper to defender to to attack, they can't be doing that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Pause. There's Dean Henderson. I, I didn't he go to Forest though? No. No, they oh, got. So I think he's still there. there. Yeah. yeah, I think he's still there. Oh, but he, okay. He's never, gonna, right. he's never gonna play that. I mean, I, I yeah, heard, he's never gonna play. Sorry, I, I, I was, I was making a joke. Yeah, yeah I, I know. But, that, okay, <laughs> so Dean Henderson's that, there, who was replaced by Mikel our second Arteta. goalkeeper at Forest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I heard that Mikel Now that you have to spell it out, it's not fun. Arteta's but, actually but, looking yeah. for a golden retriever to uh, compete with Win. Hey, I have a golden retriever. I would put on offer. Right now, <laughs> seriously, I <laughs> no. All right, so Paz, you missed the first go round at the uh, "Who Am I?" question. So you're okay, gonna to, uh, you're gonna have to listen to it now because we're gonna do, right. the, uh, do the "Who Am I?" game as we start to wrap up. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, so who am I? I started my career with Spurs, playing 255 league games. I then moved to Arsenal and played 135 times. After leaving the Gunners, I went on to play for Portsmouth and had a brief spell at Notts County before returning to the Gunners and playing 11 games. I finished my career at Newcastle United. Who am I? Paz, you know who it is? Man, fantastic pundit. Did we see Just, that when he, when Just, he made that you know it is? Is it uh, Raphael Vandervaart? Oh, try again. Come on, Jess. Can I give him a clue? Go on, Wait. give him a clue. It's it's the most it's the biggest signing we ever made from Spurs. The most it's the signature signing. Yeah, it's Saul Campbell. Ah, oh, <laughs> there you go. Have <laughs> you seen that clip of him when I they asked him about who he fancies I... for the World Cup in the group of Belgium, Brazil, and and I think it was like Turkey, and he goes, I, I fancy France. <laughs> Have you seen that clip? He's I've seen so is uh, <laughs> so is something else. He, he he marches to the beat of his own drum. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm. Well, all right, guys. This has been a, a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. But it's time to leave. 
and uh we will be back on sunday for uh a right at the end um anything else anyone wants to add before we uh get out here oh hey what about the uh no never mind never mind <laughs> sorry <laughs> so did i you, think did, no that we already covered it what did we already you covered it in the first half gap sorry i i forgot okay. you, don't lie justin you wanted to say what do you think of tottenham didn't you well we we could yeah <laughs> pause, pause what do you what do you think of tottenham think um shit yep that's right and that's exactly what i think of shit what? Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well have right. a uh enjoy your weekend and we'll be back on for uh we'll be back on for a right at the end on on sunday night on youtube um and then we'll be back on on monday for a full full game review so lads enjoy the weekend and uh, let's get back after smashing Spurs on Sunday. Good night. That's right. Yeah, we all yep. know they get battered. They do get battered everywhere. Everywhere. They go. Everywhere they go. Everywhere. Good night, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.